0: I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.imturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I am turkey hunting. And also, feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter, where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Carolina, Carolina. Heaven's blessings attend her While we live we will cherish Protect and defend her Hold on, hold on, hold on I don't mean any disrespect But I'm just not feeling it Let's try this instead Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 182, week 5 recap of the 2018 Alabama turkey season. And I am your host and the guy who's starting to think that he may go over in his home state this season because we are only 12 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 38 seconds away from From the end of spring turkey season in Alabama. Alright, so I hope you don't mind me having a little fun there at the intro, but I've got to quit playing around now. I've got a long show for you guys today, and let's get right into the recap of week five. Okay, on Thursday, April the 12th, I hunted some public land north of Birmingham, and I heard zero. I did, however see some gobbler tracks in an area and so that may be a place that i revisit next week one day it didn't happen this week and hopefully nobody kills him between now and then on friday april the 13th i did not hunt because i was leaving at noon that day for north carolina now to pick the story up from here i want to bring in cameron the former turkey hunter podcast intern so hang on a second here and let me bring Cameron in to tell you a little bit about our hunt in North Carolina. Hey everybody, I am excited to tell you that I have on the line with me tonight the former The Turkey Hunter podcast intern, Cameron Weddington. And Cameron and I are going to talk about our trip this past weekend to the mountains of North Carolina. Uh, where It was cold. A little
1: sneak peek. It was cold.
0: Yes, it was cold. (laughs) It was cold for sure. But we had a little action going on this weekend, and so I wanted to get Cameron on and kind of talk about that a little bit, relive that, because it's really kind of a wild story about how all this came about. So Cameron, Mm -hmm. how are you tonight, sir? I'm doing good.
1: I'm sitting in my house. I got the Cardinals and Cubs game on on mute right now. Checking in, tied in the fir- in the third inning, starting now. So
0: I'm doing well. Good deal. So you didn't have any paint laying around? No. You didn't have any paint laying around the house that you could have put on the no, wall and watched any- that dry instead of baseball.
1: <laughs> nah. No, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see how it is. I'm a I'm an avid Cardinals fan. It's, a, it's as exciting a sport as it comes. I mean, football is okay every now and then, but baseball is where it's at.
0: All right. Says a former baseball player. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I might have a little bias. Yeah. So Cameron and I had this trip planned for opening weekend of North Carolina season. Since we came back from our trip. north carolina last year where what was the big thing that happened on that trip cameron
1: i missed Hmm. with a certain brand of shotgun i will never shoot again because i'm pretty sure the barrels on them are shaped like a banana (laughs) and mine was a sagging banana that shot in the ground when you shot because i I became a big believer in patterning your gun after last year
0: yes indeed it's really important and i'll Mm -hmm. touch on it very quickly If you change shells, or you change chokes, or even if you go from buying this year's shells compared to last year's shells from the same manufacturer, you don't know if they changed powder manufacturers. You don't know if they changed pellet manufacturers. Mm -hmm. You don't know if they changed the way they designed their pellets. So shoot one, please.
1: Before every turkey season.
0: With the it shells that you're going to hunt with. Yeah. And the shells in there. that you're going to hunt with.
1: I know they're expensive, but if you're like me and you climb up a mountain in North Carolina and you've been walking a bunch of miles and you missed the turkey, you'll have wished you had shot one of those expensive shells.
0: No doubt. No doubt. So we had that trip last year. Had a good time. We actually heard quite a few turkeys. The only turkey oh, yeah. we... A bunch. Yeah. Yeah. The only turkey we had in range was the one that you missed and of course i'm not taking a jab at you for missing because
1: no mine, absolutely
0: mine are recorded so yeah, there's <laughs> audio true. proof and some video proof of me missing turkeys so yeah. nothing nothing be ashamed about and no reason to give anybody a hard time because well if you haven't missed one and you're going to give somebody a hard time about missing one then I'm uh, just gonna venture to say that your next opportunity may be a whiff so yeah or, the turkey gods have miss. a way of making Eventually. that happen
1: somehow you're gonna miss yeah it looks like it wouldn't be hard to hit him and then he's shooting all of a sudden he flies off and you just can't understand what happened
0: yes indeed so based on our experience last year Cameron and I picked opening weekend of North Carolina's season to go because we felt like the birds would be less pressured and that they would be easier Mm -hmm. to call in. And I think that our theory was correct, don't you?
1: Yes, I think so. Because last year we heard so many different turkeys, but I don't think a single one ever gobbled back at any hen talk that we threw out. Yeah. They would gobble at crows. And the one that you did call in was just soft, plucks and purrs, and he came just easing up silent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, and we thought, you know, if we can get there opening weekend and get after some birds that hadn't been pressured as much, we felt like we could have some success. But what we didn't plan on, because we had no way of knowing, is that this cold front that dumped snow on a great Part of the country was going to roll through this past weekend. And yeah. so I guess let's start from the beginning. So we roll into North Carolina. Friday evening. And this little piece of property that Cameron and I had picked picked out to hunt, we decided we were going to camp there so that we didn't have to travel. And I was going to get there early enough Friday afternoon to go ahead and get camp set up. We'd spend the night there Friday night, get up. Basically, we're hunting as soon as we put our boots on and step out of the tent, mm-hmm. we're hunting. And so we thought that'd be cool. Well, that's what we did. Friday afternoon I showed up in North Carolina about 5 30 eastern and went into the area where we had picked out and started looking for a campsite. So the campsite that I found was in the middle of one of the roads that runs through the area. Now this area is gated off so it's open for foot traffic only and because it's open to foot traffic only well putting a tent or two up in the middle of a road shouldn't be a problem plus this road is almost the only open area around it's about mm-hmm. the ridges yeah
1: yeah ridges on both sides I and mean, then you got to basically be on the road
0: yeah Yep. Yeah. so in this area where they're are not roads there's trees there are a few wildlife openings and they're actually making more wildlife openings in this area and that factors into our story so I get camp set up, Cameron goes around to a different gate and Friday afternoon he goes in there and tries to roost a turkey for us. So do you want to tell us about your experience Friday afternoon?
1: Yeah, so I showed up about seven fifty probably right when they're flying up. I came flying up in there and parked at the gate, took my suit off, threw on some hiking boots. And uh, started up the mountain, the nearest mountain I could find. And about halfway up, I had to stop for a breather because I was breathing pretty deep. And heard a turkey gobble on the next ridge over. And then it sounded like three different birds answered. And then that one, he gobbled pretty good, probably six to ten times uh, in a short period. And then you know he went quiet. And that was that was what I heard. And from where I was, it was a pretty good distance from where we were camping, but it's not terribly far walking wise and you can hunt from basically that gate all the way to the other gate which we ended up doing so we knew where some turkeys were and we knew there were some turkeys in the woods.
0: That's a huge start. Mm -hmm. We were pretty encouraged about the prospects for Saturday morning except we knew what the forecast was for the weather didn't we? Yeah a little windy. Hot and windy. After Cameron gets the turkeys roosted he comes into camp and we're talking and talking about the turkeys that he heard because i wasn't terribly far from him listening but i never heard any of those turkeys gobble
1: yeah you heard me owl and crow but didn't hear the turkeys gobble up i imagine they were on the back side of the ridge from where you were so you probably didn't hear them
0: that's a nice way of saying that you're old and <laughs> you have listened to too much music in headphones too loudly and listen to music too loudly in your car and shot way too many guns without hearing protection in.
1: Well, regardless, (laughs) I know I heard some. (laughs) And I heard you howling as well.
0: (laughs) So... So Cameron comes in and we're talking about the turkeys and we put together a game plan. We're looking at our on X map and we see the road that I've got camp set up on runs parallel with the main forest service road that goes in there. Mm -hmm. And Cameron notices that there are some wildlife openings along this road and that the pin that he dropped for one of those turkeys that he heard was at the end of one of those wildlife openings that was on this road, mm-hmm. so we were actually within what would you say three quarters of a mile from this turkey, yeah, is where we were yeah, taking? I mean
1: we weren't we weren't terribly far. We just had to go up on the ridge and head towards him, and it it wasn't I, I mean it wasn't far at all, I mean not a not a bad walk at all in the morning,
0: yeah, so. Fortunately for us, Friday afternoon, Friday night, the wind didn't blow us off the side of the mountain that we were on. We survived that. It tried. (laughs) Yeah, it tried. That's for sure. We woke up Saturday morning and we walked down to the last wildlife opening and we hoot and we crow and we hear nothing. And so we noticed at this wildlife opening that there was some logs piled up and a skitter parked next to the logs. Mm-hmm. So we decided to walk into the area where they were cutting timber, which was just the ridge top outside this last wildlife opening. So they're creating more wildlife openings is all they're doing. And this little area that they had cut, how big would you say it is? Maybe an acre and a half mm-hmm. acre?
1: Yeah. I mean probably only seventy five yards wide by about a hundred and 25 yards or so you think
0: yeah yeah so maybe a couple of acres so yeah. we're standing in that cutover, and we're just kind of looking around and looking at the stumps and kind of looking at what they're doing they're cutting this by hand with a chainsaw and then they drag the logs out so yeah, that's a pretty interesting way at least for me living in alabama to see people log because it's so mm-hmm. mechanized where we are So I thought that was pretty interesting. So we're standing there, and we're calling every now and again. Cameron's got this new diaphragm call that he's just super excited about, and he's convinced that it mesmerizes these turkeys, and they can't resist it. Well, we found one. Yeah, we found one that did mesmerize because out of nowhere, while we're standing in this clear-cut we hear a turkey gobble, and so Cameron and I both look at each other, and it was like, "All right, let's go." So we start walking in that direction, and we walked what maybe fifty yards, and you called again, yeah, and he answered again. Mm-hmm. So, not far. Yeah, he's he's maybe a couple hundred yards away, and yeah. so we're on this ridge. We are at the very end of this little clear cut that they've just opened up. Ahead of us is a little saddle. How long would you say the saddle is? Maybe 150 yards? 100 yards?
1: Yeah, I'd say about. mm -hmm.
0: And then coming off that saddle, it goes up to another ridge that runs perpendicular to the saddle that we're on. And that turkey is over that perpendicular ridge. And so I knew that we had to get on top of that ridge because if we had Mm -hmm. set up in this saddle that turkey was going to step up on top of that ridge and he was going to drum and strut and show off and gobble up and down up and down up and down that ridge and we were never going to get an opportunity at him so we start off into the saddle we get about halfway through the saddle and cameron says where do you want to sit i said well i want to sit where i can shoot that ridge top i don't want to have my eye level not be able to see the top of that ridge where that turkey may stick his head up because if the turkey can see over the ridge and into the saddle and not see a hen there's a good chance he's not coming so i wanted wanted to be where i could see that so cameron picked a tree i picked a tree and i started crawling to my tree no i was probably
1: what 20 yards behind you
0: yeah you you were twenty 25 yards behind me, not far at all you and you had a nice big oak tree and I picked out a nice big oak tree. And these woods are so open that I mean, so open there's no foliage on the trees there. everything is still barren and like a lot of our national forest, there's no underbrush. There's no brows to speak of, mm-hmm. so this area is very open. And I'm crawling to my tree. Cameron's already set up on his tree. I'm crawling up to my tree. My hand touches the base of that tree, and I'm about to drop my cushion and scoop my butt up against that tree. And I hear in the leaves, and it was very dry Saturday. Mm-hmm. You could hear rustling in the leaves a long way. And so as soon as I heard that, I look up and I see a turkey head dart off the ridge away from us. We were busted. So I jump up as quick as my old bones can jump and I run up to the top of the ridge just in time to see the gobbler land on another hillside about 125 yards from us or from me. So I turn around and walk down there to Cameron and that was... That was the hunt. And it was just. That
1: that was it? (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, we, had we sat down 60 seconds sooner, I -hmm. would have been set up and that turkey would have walked to the top of that ridge and we would have, I mean, literally within five minutes of hearing that turkey gobble, even less than that, maybe three minutes after hearing Mm -hmm. that turkey gobble, he would have been dead.
1: Yeah. Very close.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say or at least scared but, to death with a loud boom.
1: As you said, we had to get to the ridge. I mean, we did the right thing. He just beat us there by about two steps.
0: He really did. And I'm sure that he was on the other side of that ridge hearing us walking in the leaves and just knowing that that was a couple of hens coming his direction. And he had to get up there in a hurry to see them. Mm-hmm. So that was Saturday morning, early So we decided to, at that point in time, kind of regroup a little bit, and we walked back down the road that we'd walked up from the camp. We walked past the camp across the main road that runs through this entire piece of property onto another woods road that runs up to the top of this big ridge. We get to the top of this big ridge, and there's turkey sign everywhere. Everywhere. Probably the most turkey sign I have seen anywhere this season, and anywhere in a long time, and it's fresh turkey sign. How hard was the wind blowing up there on that ridge, Cameron?
1: <laughs> it was. It, it was blowing. I mean, the, the trees were about bent over, touching the ground up there.
0: It was crazy. We couldn't hear anything. If a turkey gobbled, I mean, how how close do you think a turkey'd have to be for us to hear him up there? Seventy-five if yards. If we heard him, yards? we
1: better. Yeah, if we hurt him, we better get our guns up to the shoulder quick because he's probably almost in gun range.
0: The wind had to be blowing 25 miles an hour, 30, 35 miles an hour. I, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was pretty rough. So we continue walking down this ridge, and we drop off the ridge a little bit. Now we're getting into an area that we are familiar with. We had been in this area last year, and I hear a truck, a big truck, like a diesel truck 18-wheeler driving up a road and I looked over at Cameron and I said do you think that's the loggers that are no? <laughs> coming in this area and of course Cameron says no no not no a, way not, not on, on a Saturday. Saturday on a Saturday in the opening day of turkey season no <laughs> no so we keep hunting we keep walking and I hear honk 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 I looked right at right at the gate
1: where the
0: truck is <laughs> i looked at cameron and i said do you think that's loggers honking at us and cameron's answer was no <laughs> so, we kept walking. Hunt, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we kept walking and hunting then i hear a not a diesel truck but another truck like a work truck horn honk two or three or four times and then about Three minutes later, you hear the diesel horn blow again. And I looked at Cameron and I said, that's the loggers. They're at the gate trying to get in because our vehicles had the gate blocked. Yeah,
1: that time I agreed with you.
0: Yeah, so not only did we have the gate blocked, but we had the only road going into the area where they were cutting timber blocked with our campsite as well. (laughs) So we come off this mountain, hit the main road that runs through the property, walk to the gate, and we are, I mean, 50, 60 yards from the gate. And Cameron looks at me and he says, how do you think this is going to go down? And I said, it's going to go down one of two ways. Either they're going to be really cool about this or they're going to be a-holes about it? Yeah. I don't think there's going to be an in-between.
1: Yeah, it was one or the other, that's for sure.
0: We got down to the bottom of the hill where the truck is parked, the vehicles are parked. There's three guys standing there. There are two work trucks and actually there's the big log truck. There's the truck they use with the, the grabber on it to pick the logs up and load the logging truck with it. And then they have their Flat bed, stake body truck, as well. Three guys sitting there with three trucks running, and they're standing there with their arms crossed. But yet, the first thing out of their mouth was, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was. You're ex- sorry. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting them to either be really nice or really mean. I was not. I
1: was expecting a, an expletive in the first place to, but,
0: uh, yeah. I, I was not expecting them to apologize to us I was going down there with my hat in my hand to apologize to them and so they must have apologized I don't know five times in the five minutes that we stood there talking
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: and I kept saying I'm sorry I'm keeping you guys from working you know I, I apologize about this oh we we hunt and we camp and we know what it's like and I just hate we had to mess up your hunt I said it's fine I work. He works, you work. I know what it's like when somebody messes up my work. I'm not happy. I'm sorry for you know being in the way and keeping you guys from working. No, seriously, seriously, it's not a big deal. Did y'all get anything today? No. Well, did y'all hear anything gobble today? Nope. No. No. <laughs> oh, what other yeah.
1: answer is there?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are turkey hunters. <laughs> If if anyone ever asks me while I'm turkey hunting, if I heard anything, the answer is no. Or, yeah, I heard something to gobble off on the neighbor's property. So one of these three guys looks at me and he says, I noticed your tag on your vehicle is an Alabama tag. Did you really drive all the way here from Alabama to turkey hunt? And I said, yeah. Why? And I said, well, I'm trying to kill a turkey in every state that has turkeys. And Cameron is trying to kill a turkey in every state that has turkeys. And so we both have North Carolina on the list of states that we want to kill turkeys in. And so here we are. Well, that's a long way to come to kill turkey. And I said, it is, but we got to do what we got to do. So we chit chatted for another couple of minutes. And I moved my vehicle out of the way and Cameron's vehicle out of the way. And we went up to the campsite area and we moved our stuff out of the road up there and as we were moving all the stuff out of the road the guy that had been talking to us said well hey if you guys don't do any good while you're here then i'll give you my name and number and you call me and i'll show you a couple of places that i know are good where i've killed turkeys in the past cameron and i kind of look at each other like heck yeah this is awesome let's yeah we'll take you up on that
1: i'll never refuse that
0: no, not at all, so we finish up moving the camp. And now they can get their trucks into their work area. But before they do, one fella says, all right, um, if y'all don't have any luck today, call me tomorrow. Let me get get up and go to church and eat lunch and call me after lunch tomorrow. And I'll put you on some spots where I know are good hunting for turkeys. So we said, all right, let's do it. So I said, all right, what's your name? And he looks me right in the eye. And then he looks away real quick and he says, Well, everybody calls me cornbread. And I yep. said and I said, Well, cornbread, it's good to meet you. My name's Andy and this is Cameron. And I got cornbread's phone number. So Saturday afternoon well that pretty much did it for our Saturday morning hunt, didn't it?
1: Yeah, that was about it. We ate some ate some food and sat around for a little bit.
0: Cameron cooked up some eggs and some sausage on his Coleman stove and we had a really nice breakfast gourmet oh, breakfast oh yeah because we had to reset our camp area we we had to break everything down and move it and reset it so Saturday afternoon we walked what maybe five miles along way. With- so from one gate on this particular piece of property to the other gate on this particular piece of property I've been told, is like five and a quarter miles. We walked it, and we didn't hear anything. Walking and calling, Cameron's crow calling. We got nothing going on. So we got back to our campsite, and we kind of been keeping an eye on the weather because the weather was about to change. Cold front was moving in, and there was a bunch of rain coming.
1: Mm-hmm. A bunch of rain.
0: And the forecast was calling for the worst weather to be west of us so i wasn't terribly worried about tornadoes or really anything like that but the wind's already blowing 25 miles an hour if it picks up another 20 miles per hour it may blow our tents off the mountain and us and us so i look at cameron and i said so how serious were you about going in to town and getting a motel and he said Oh, I'm dead serious, because he kind of briefly mentioned that if the weather was going to be bad, he'd want to do that. So that's what we did Saturday night. We broke our campsite down again.
1: Again, after we just moved it. Never slept in the other spot.
0: Never slept in the other spot. Broke it down Loaded everything up. We put what we were not going to need in the motel room in Cameron's vehicle. We left it there, and we took my truck into town. Well, in North Carolina, you can't hunt on Sundays on public land. So we just kind of messed around on Sunday, and we had a nice breakfast Sunday, too, didn't we?
1: Oh, yeah. It was at a rib place. They had a heck of a breakfast.
0: They had a heck of a breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. And pecan
1: coffee, which was just fantastic.
0: So we had a good breakfast. We loaded up in the car. And the plan, because it was still raining, was to just drive around and check some fields and ask the owner of the property, if they had turkeys out in the fields, ask them if we could hunt there. So we drove around a lot on Sunday. A lot. And we found just three places that had strutting turkeys out in fields. One of them, there was no house on, and we didn't know how to contact the owner. Actually, I guess we could have Googled it, but we didn't really try to contact that owner because the signs around the the fence on the property were not very inviting.
1: No. Video surveillance, no hunting, no trespassing. It was about as blatant as, uh, you're not going to be hunting here as it can be.
0: Don't look through this fence. Don't slow down when you're on the road. (laughs) The
1: turkeys strutting in their front driveway. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yeah, strutting out there with two or three hens. So we did find two birds. Actually, we found more than two birds. We found two different, two other properties. Where there were strutting birds one of them had three strutters on it with some hens and the other had one strutter on it with some hens how did we do when we were asking permission cameron people
1: were as nice as they could have possibly been in rejecting us in letting us hunt there they were as nice as possible about just flat out telling us you're not hunting there.
0: so we went over two on getting permission to hunt private land i even had cameron sing to one of the people thinking that that may break him, and they may just say, Oh my gosh, I've got a, this guy just sang me a song. I have to let him hunt, but it didn't work.
1: Yeah. He probably didn't like that. I tracked mud all in his garage either.
0: I didn't like that, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, that's the OCD in me. So, you know, he, he, yeah, he may not have liked that. So I reached out to cornbread and told him that we didn't have any luck Saturday afternoon, but wanted to see if his offer was still open to show us around a little bit. And he jumped at the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So Cornbread tells us where to meet. And he says, y'all go there now. And I'll be there in a few minutes. I'll be there shortly. I said, okay. So we drove to where he said to meet. We sat there in the truck for maybe 10 minutes. And here he comes. So he says, well, follow me i'm going to show you some spots that i've had some success in and he took us and showed us four places Mm-hmm. yeah four different spots four spots all forest service land and told us how the land laid out told us if he'd killed turkeys there before or if he'd seen a bunch of them while he was deer hunting it was pretty obvious in just talking to him that He was a hunter. Yeah,
1: and as genuine as they come. I mean, he wasn't trying to fool us or anything. He was he was genuinely trying to put us on turkeys.
0: Definitely. So he just kept saying, "Man, I just don't I don't know how good these spots are going to be." You know, if it was sunny and seventy degrees or sixty-five degrees, I would tell you, "Yeah, you're going to go in here and there's going to be turkeys gobbling everywhere." But with this weather, they're going to be all jacked up. I just don't know if they're going to do anything. And he showed us a spot where there was a little campground not far from the hunting area that he pointed out to us. And he said that this is a great campground. We get out of the truck at that campground, and this is Sunday when the winds are still blowing about 20 miles an hour, and it's raining, and there is no wind in this camping area. Mm -hmm. Cameron and I quickly made the decision that that's where we were going to put our new camp but we had one small issue we were in my truck and cameron's vehicle with a lot of our camping gear was parked at the other property so we had to drive 30 minutes to the other property get cameron's vehicle turn around and drive back and then set up camp not a huge ordeal because sunday you can't hunt public land and we struck out trying to hunt private land so we didn't have much else to do oh and there was a lot of discussion too about were we going to hunt Cornbread's spots or were we going to stay where we knew there was a gobbling turkey and so we made the decision to move the camp and to hunt one of cornbread spots the next morning sunday night it was cold and it still bleeding. yes still rained and cameron said he was warm. we had no
1: campfire
0: yeah, we, we had no campfire. All the wood around was soaking wet, so we had no campfire. So Cameron said he stayed warm, but I got pretty chilly. I was sleeping on an air mattress, and when it gets cold outside, the air inside that mattress gets cold. And, well, it's like sleeping on a bed of ice. So I got a little bit chilly, but I survived the night. We got up the next morning, got dressed, left the campsite area and went where cornbread said we should go. How hard was wind blowing on that ridge, Cameron?
1: It was blowing. The The rain and sleet that was coming down was going sideways. I mean, it. I don't think you could draw up worse turkey hunting conditions.
0: It was pretty miserable.
1: It was cold. I mean, the heat's blowing in the truck. We got the seat heaters on every time we get in. Wind would just cut right through you. It was, it was so cold.
0: But we did hear turkeys gobble at that spot, didn't we?
1: Yeah. On the private land that we had struck out on the afternoon before. <laughs> <laughs> roosted <laughs> above the guy's house, I'm pretty sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I believe they were roosted on his chimney. Yeah. But we heard goblins, So that in and of itself was encouraging on a day like that. I mean, it was nasty. It was as bad weather conditions mm-hmm. that you probably have ever experienced when you're turkey hunting. Except for you guys maybe in the Midwest or Northeast where you get five or six or eight inches of snow when it's turkey season. But this is pretty miserable. Oh, and by the way, when I woke up Sunday morning, started the truck, the temperature was 38 degrees. That was before daylight. After daylight, the temperature dropped to 34, and the rain and the sleet turned to snow. But the good news is the wind never eased up.
1: Yeah, yeah that way the snow was coming and hitting you sideways in the face.
0: Yes, I'm not real sure what the wind chill was, but it had to be in the teens.
1: Yeah. It was frigid.
0: So we hear these turkeys gobble at this spot off off on private property, but we have to go the other direction. So we walk down we're walking down this ridge that cornbread said we needed to walk down. And to hunt these mountain turkeys you really do have to stay on the ridges. Mhm. But on a windy day you really can't stay on the ridges like that. So I looked at Cameron and I said, Let's go try this other spot. There's another spot it wasn't what, maybe a quarter mile from
1: Yeah, not far
0: this place. And we parked the truck. We walked maybe fifty yards from the truck, and Cameron crows and three turkeys maybe yeah sound off those three turkeys were on another one of the or i should say the other piece of property that we failed in getting permission to hunt and they I have think, plenty
1: of turkeys on that private land
0: yes yes they do i think those three turkeys were roosted in the magnolia tree that was shading his front porch
1: yeah they were literally on top of his house
0: Yes, they were. So, we continue to walk down the road a little ways, calling every so often. And we're kind of in, the, in a bottom in this area. It's not as windy, but it's still windy. But we strike out. We don't get anything going on. So, we turn around and we walk back to the truck. We leave. We go to area number three. And at this point in time, between area number two and area number three, we had decided that hunting out of the truck that particular day was going to be the better way to go.
1: Yeah, cover as much ground as you can.
0: And that's what we did. So we drove and we called and drove and called and drove and called, and we got nothing going on. But we went back into the area where we were camping. This was later in the day. This is probably noon. Yeah, yeah, a little
1: before maybe, something like that.
0: Yeah, and this main road that runs through this area where we're camping now where cornbread told us to go how far do you think that road ran in there three miles maybe
1: yeah at least a couple miles it was pretty pretty good size road
0: yeah so we went all the way to the end of it oh we got a turkey to gobble in there too
1: yeah that one was actually close enough to the public land to try to call him over
0: yeah he was right on top of a ridge and i think the property line ran down the middle of that ridge that he was on so uh, The
1: the tallest ridge around, too, I'm pretty sure. And he gobbled yes. one time.
0: One time we got the courtesy gobble, and Cameron and I were just so excited to hear a gobble of any kind that we climbed the mountain after him. I think his right yeah. foot was on public land, and his left foot was on private land.
1: Yeah, and he decided to go towards the private land. Yeah,
0: he left us. I don't think Cameron's diaphragm call that he got was that bird style.
1: Yeah, it works a lot, but...
0: He, he didn't care for it. He, he, you got him to gobble with it one time, but that that was it. He was pretty well. Hey, done that
1: that felt pretty good on a day like
0: that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So we travel down to the end of this road, hearing nothing. Turn around, we travel back, hearing nothing, and we see a truck approaching. So we pull over to the side of the road, and these roads are not very wide, just wide enough in some spots for two vehicles to pass each other. We pull off to the side of the road, and this guy pulls up beside us, rolls his window down, and we start chit-chatting. Have you heard anything? L- listen, nope. <laughs> I told Cameron this. I told Cameron this while we were on the trip. I said, look, next person we see who you ask if we've seen anything or heard anything, I'm just going to look them in the eye and say, I'm not even going to ask you because you're a turkey hunter, and I know you're going to lie to me. The reason that I know you're going to lie to me is, about whether or not you've heard any turkeys is because I'm a turkey hunter and I'm gonna lie to you. Yeah, I didn't That's hear anything. Not. Cameron didn't hear anything. The hunter didn't hear anything. Nobody dressed in camouflage during turkey season who runs across somebody else during turkey season has ever heard a turkey gobble. Never, ever. Yeah. So we pull up beside this guy and he says, "You heard anything?" And Cameron says, "Nope." Nope. And Andy says. Nope. So we're still chit-chatting, talking about how bad the weather is. At this point in time, it's still snowing and sleeting. Talking about what it might do to the turkeys. Talking about just pretty much everything turkey related. And so here comes the $10,000 question. Are y'all from around here? Because the driver of the other truck is from around here. He knows we're not from around here. Because everybody from around here knows everybody else from around here. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And we said, no, I'm from Alabama. He's from Tennessee. We're trying to kill a turkey in every state, and we're trying to kill one in North Carolina. Well, all of a sudden, this guy starts to just feed us information.
1: Yeah, pointing at the map. Here's my favorite spot, here's where turkeys are. Turkey's here, turkeys there.
0: Super, super nice guy. And oh yeah. The one reason why I don't think he was lying to us when he was telling us where turkeys were is because a couple of those spots he pointed us to were the same spots that cornbread sent us to. Mhm. So I felt pretty confident that this fellow was being straight up with us. So we're talking some more, talking for what, maybe 30, 35 minutes. Yeah, pretty good while. And he's got my phone and he's showing us spots on the map on my phone and he's pulling up his phone and he's showing us spots there and I'm dropping pins here, dropping pins there, dropping pins over here. Everywhere where he says is a good spot, I'm dropping a pin and we're going to check it out. At this point, we were saying goodbye. All of a sudden, Here comes a car flying up behind this pickup truck, and it's Cornbread, of all people.
1: Coming to check on us.
0: Yep. And Cornbread knows this guy that we're talking to. And so they start talking and chit-chatting. Now we're all four of us talking and chit-chatting. And the guy in the truck says, well, what are y'all about to do? And Cornbread says, well, I'm about to take these guys and show them a couple other spots so see if i can get them a turkey so cornbread says well have y'all heard anything or seen anything today and cameron nope nope <laughs> none in here <laughs> nope this is all happening like
1: probably less than 200 yards from where we went up the hill to the turkey that gobbled
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so cornbread says well i'm taking these guys i'm gonna show them some spots so we're gonna go find a turkey so cornbread this is on monday when Cornbread's supposed to be working, but Cornbread said he could not make it up the hill where their logging equipment was, the same hill that Cameron and I had camped on two nights before. It was too wet, and he couldn't get his vehicle up there, so basically he was done with work. And he decided to take what ended up being his day off to take the time for that day off to come and help us find turkeys. Mm-hmm. When... I say that we couldn't have picked two nicer guys to run into in the woods, Cornbread you and didn't know. the other guy in the pickup truck that Cornbread knew. I just, I don't know how we could have found two nicer people. I really don't. I, they were so helpful with us, and I'm very appreciative of that. So we go back to the camp for a few minutes. Camera cooks up some eggs and some sausage because that's how he rolls. Oh, yeah. Cornbread's hanging out with us, and we're talking and asking questions. And next thing I know, Cornbread's up in the woods, and he's pulling firewood out for us. He's trying to get us some dry wood so we'll have something to burn Monday night while we're camping because it was 38 degrees Monday morning. But Tuesday morning, the forecast was calling for 30 degrees. I didn't look to see what the low Tuesday morning was. But the low Tuesday morning in Birmingham was about 36. So I know it had to be colder up there.
1: Yeah. I think it was definitely in the
0: 20s. Yes. Cornbread is gathering firewood, pulls out his chainsaws, cutting firewood for us, stacking firewood, splitting firewood. Splitting it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy, he, he, I don't know what it was with me and Cameron, but he took us under his wing and was like, I'm going to take care of you while you're here.
1: Yeah. Unbelievable.
0: And so he finishes stacking up wood. We cover it up. And of course, Cameron and I are helping as well. We're not just sitting there watching him work. So we get all the wood covered up and it's like, all right, well, follow me. So we jump in the truck and we follow cornbread. Cornbread takes us to a spot and we get out and we call and nothing. Takes us to another spot. We get out and call and nothing takes us to another spot we get out and call nothing we probably went to 10 different spots
1: yeah we stopped a ton we went all over the place
0: we were everywhere so part of the story that i've left out up to this point is that cornbread has made mention that if we can't find anything on any of this forest service land that he will try to take us over to his dad's place to kill turkeys his dad's place has turkeys all over it and that his dad likes to watch the turkeys and typically doesn't want anybody to come over there and hunt them and then we heard a story about how his dad gave somebody permission and next thing you know that person abused permission and it was just you know it ended up being a bad deal so his dad just quit giving anybody permission to come hunt on his property so this had been mentioned to us several times about possibly going to daddy's to hunt and at some point during the afternoon, it might have been, what, one thirty, two o'clock?
1: Yeah, about probably 1.30ish.
0: Monday afternoon, Cornbread has had enough of the public land and not hearing any turkeys gobble. And he says, come on, I'm going to take you to a little piece of private land that I've got permission to hunt. So we go to this private land, and we don't get anything to gobble. We get back in the truck and he says, let's go check on one other thing and then we'll go look at Daddy's place. Well, that one other thing was nothing. He took us to Daddy's and he said, all right, y'all stay here in the truck down at the bottom of the hill. I'm going to ride up to the top of the hill, see if the turkeys are out there in, in Daddy's field. And if they are, I'll turn around and I'll come get you. We said, "Okay." we're sitting there and we're waiting. And I don't know, how long was he gone? Maybe five minutes.
1: Yeah, not long.
0: He comes flying down the road and says, "There's nothing in Daddy's field, but I think on my way out I saw one in my uncle's field. Y'all go meet me at the fire station, and I'm gonna drive on around there and look. And if they're there, I'll come back and get you, and I'll take you in there and." And show you how you can kill them. We said, okay. So he leaves. And he, this time he's gone, what, another five minutes?
1: Uh, Probably a little longer because I got out and made a sandwich.
0: That's true. Maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. And here comes Cornbread's car down the road. He pulls in the parking lot at the fire station. And he has a look in his eye like, a man on a mission. And he says, there are two longbeards in my uncle's pasture right now. If y'all don't play around and you hurry up, we can get over there and kill them. All right. Cameron jumps in the truck. We go flying down the road behind cornbread. Cornbread pulls in this little parking area. We park. We get out of the truck. Start walking up the hill towards, I'm following cornbread. Cornbread's going up the hill towards I don't know what. He said we are going to walk through an overgrown field. It's an overgrown field.
1: It is very overgrown.
0: Full of. It's
1: like a one year old cutover or something.
0: Briars, sawbriars, locust trees, anything and everything that has thorns and needles on it. It's in there. We go trouncing through this old field, and Cornbread stops and he says, When we get up to the top up here, that's where the pasture starts. So we're just going to keep easing up here. And we'll keep an eye out and look for the turkeys. Okay. So we go easing up to the top of the ridge to where we can see the cow pasture. And he says, you see that pine tree right there? Cameron and I said, yeah. And he said, the turkeys are right underneath it. I said, okay. So I had my fan with me. And I pull my fan out, put it in front of our face, and we kind of walk. Cameron and I do towards the fence of his uncle's pasture. And I'm looking for a spot to get underneath that fence. And I can't find one. And so he said something, Cornbread said something to the extent of, we don't even know if they're there. They may have moved further on down. Yeah. And was it at that point in time, Cameron, that you said call or, or did Cornbread say to call?
1: Uh, I think he was saying they might be down there, but y'all might want to call if they're there. And you probably can just call them up to this ridge. And so I was like, yeah, all right, we'll call.
0: <laughs> all right. So Cameron calls. And cornbread points.
1: Yeah. Cameron. like, they, they just gobbled.
0: Cameron and I looked at cornbread, and we looked at each other, and I said, I didn't hear it. Cameron said, I didn't hear it. And cornbread said, y'all didn't hear that? And I thought, the
1: guy has been working with chainsaws and heavy equipment his whole life. Yeah. And we can't hear him.
0: <laughs> yeah. I thought, all right, he's messing with us. So Cameron takes it upon himself to call again, and sure enough, we hear, ah! Off in the distance, so we're in business. So Cormac yeah, finds that us. That time
1: everybody heard it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that time everybody heard it. So we all, you know, we're all looking, and we're Cameron and I are stepping and fetching at this point. So we find a spot to go underneath the fence. We go underneath, and I've got the fan again. Cameron says, "Well, how far do you think we should go?" And I hear this voice behind us say, "Y'all go sit on those piled logs right there." And so I told Cameron, I said, "Let's go sit behind these logs over here, like I picked the spot out." We go over that we sit behind the logs and we're facing the direction that the turkeys are coming from. And Cameron calls. They're closer now. Of course we've moved up yeah. a little bit, but they're closer. You can tell they're they're approaching us. So Cameron, I'm gonna let you take it from here.
1: Well, so we know they're closing the distance, so I kinda went quiet. And probably for just a few minutes, and then I kind of whispered to you, and I was like, "All right, Andy, you think I should? We should give them the silent treatment, or should I call again?" And you said, "Call, and if they gobble, answer them hard and get them real fired up, and then shut up." And so I yelped and cut a little bit. Go! He cut us off. He's a lot closer. And when he cut me off, I go, go, go! I mean, they got they really tore it up then. And so. We know at this point these turkeys are coming, no doubt. So we're both sitting there, guns rested on the tree, and I see a little white spot right behind this fallen over branch. I was like, Andy, I I think I see him. I think I see his head. And then I see it move, and I was like, yep, yep, I see him. I see him. He's right there. And at this point, we think where he was then, maybe 50 yards when I first
0: saw him, I guess. I think he was closer than that. I think he's probably 40 yards Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 40. So, anyway, he comes a little bit closer, and
1: then he kind of just sticks his head up. He's just kind of telescoping the ridge. You know, like, he doesn't want to expose his whole self. He's just looking, and kind of walks a little bit to the right, and he's looking. And, and you saw him a little bit, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I saw him, like, a second after you did. And then yeah. I could see about three or four inches of his head and neck and that was it
1: yeah and you were waiting for the second gobbler to show himself because cornbread said there was two so that we could both kill i'm a giver like
0: that cameron
1: yeah yeah i mean you you really were so turkey's sitting there and you know a a wise old gobbler he's gonna do like that one did and just just his head peek up there and look for that hint if he doesn't see it he's gonna be gone and so I'm sitting there and I'm like, Andy, kill him, kill him, go, shoot him, shoot him. And you say, I can't, there's a tree in the way. There's a tree right in line with the turkey and Andy, so he can't see him. And, and he says, can you still see him? And I'm like, yeah, he's right there, kill him. And the turkey's looking just, just his head. Finally, Andy says, go ahead, you, you kill him, kill him. So you covered your ears, I believe. Yeah, I
0: did, because <laughs> your <laughs> gun barrel was right off my fired. left ear. Yeah.
1: I'm basically resting my gun on Andy's shoulder at this point. <laughs> And, uh, I go, I can't, he ducked back behind the ridge. <laughs> so at this point, the wind has left our sails. As you said, after the hunt, we thought we've screwed up. The turkey's gone. You know, he looked up here, he didn't see a hen, he's gone. And so as a last stitch effort with the sweetest call of all time, I just chop 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 and I mean they they roared at that, just go, 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 go. Right there. Close. And that turkey came back up and peeked up again where Andy could see him and I was like, Kill him, kill him I said, Can you shoot him? And you said, Yep and I heard the safety click. Boom. <laughs> And uh, so in my eyes, we'll have to get both perspectives on this. Okay. Somehow, even though the only thing you could see was his head, somehow in my brain, when he started flopping, it looked like he was wounded. And so I say, he's wounded. We got to get him. So I jump up, and this is, I don't suggest doing this, but I pretty much jogged, if not a run, up to the turkey. Andy stayed where he was to be safe. As he pointed out later on, two people running with guns is really dangerous. And so I run up, and when I top the ridge, I see Andy's turkey flopping, and out to the right, about 35, 40 yards running, is another gobbler. And so I throw up, boom, and rolled him. And so that turkey, I hit him mostly in the body and broke a wing, but he's hit, you know, he's fatally hit. And he gets hit and starts flopping down the mountain down back towards the pasture and so the turkey's rolling down the hill and i'm chasing him down there because he's still pretty good alive and so i get to the bottom and jump on him and he dies and so i pick him up it's it's a long beard real nice turkey you know i admire him for a few seconds and i pick him up i start walking back up the hill and i see andy's turkey laying over there and then i see andy still sitting where we were and i got this turkey and i'm like what are you doing like I'm sitting there thinking, why hasn't he gone to get his turkey? Is he, like, disappointed with it, or is he just like, what's he doing? Like, why did not he go pick up his turkey? And so then Cornbread comes out of the woodwork. I guess he – I don't know where he crossed the fence at what point, but he got across the fence, and behind you, and he's like, there's another turkey flopping over there. And Andy looks over there, and his eyes are just like, what? (laughs) at that point he finally realizes we had both killed a turkey (laughs) so i want to hear what happened from from your point of view because i gotta tell you when i came back up with that turkey i was sitting there i was really wondering why you had not gone and picked up your turkey yet
0: well so when you asked me after we called him back in to the area that we were and i could see his head after you asked me the second time if i could shoot him it it was on i I, at that point in time there was no more waiting for gobbler number two to poke his head up we were we were not going to leave there without one dead turkey so
1: yeah absolutely
0: when you said can you shoot him again i said yep and i clicked my safety off i put the sight on The turkey's head that I could see, and again, I could only see three to four inches of the turkey's head and neck. And I shot, and the turkey just completely disappeared. Well, Cameron was sitting up a little bit higher than I was, maybe two feet in elevation higher than I was. And so Mm -hmm. he could see the turkey flop, and I hear him say, You better get up and get on him. He's wounded. Well, I'm not going to go running through the woods with another person, running through the woods with a shotgun, both of us have guns trying to shoot a wounded turkey because that's just a recipe for disaster.
1: Yeah, which it is.
0: It it is. Which is good
1: thinking by you in the heat of the moment, you know?
0: Well, you know, here's the thing. I shot and you were up so quickly that you were actually, (laughs) you were up, I think, before I ever even recovered from my shot, from the... I'm done. When the shot. shots
1: fired, I just end up at the turkey somehow.
0: Well, it must I be float the, out there. Must be the the track runner in you. When you hear that <laughs> gun fire, you know it's time to start <laughs> running. So Cameron takes off, and I hear him say that about you. Better get up, and he's wounded. Well, of course, I told Cameron while we were after all this went down that I didn't have any reason to run up to my turkey because I knew he was dead. Of course, that was all a joke. I jump up behind Cameron and I take about three steps over these logs that we'd gotten behind. And I look and I see that turkey, that Cameron shot running down the hill away from us. And I can't, I see Cameron shoulder his gun and then shoot and the turkey rolls. And I said, well, he just Finished off my turkey. And so Cameron runs over there and he steps on the turkey's head and he's standing there. Well, when he does, and I see he's got the turkey down, there's no reason for me to do anything, which I wasn't going to do anyway because I would have been shooting straight towards him. I just turn around and I walk back over to Cornbread and I'm standing there. I shake Cornbread's hand and I'm standing there and he said, What happened? And I said, Well, I shot and I guess I wounded the turkey and he got up and ran. And Cameron shot, and we killed him. We got one down. And so Cornbread and I are walking towards Cameron at that point. Cameron's walking towards us, and we're standing there talking, and we hear flop, 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 flop. Cornbread goes, There's a turkey flopping over there. What happened? <laughs> and I looked over at Cameron, and Cameron goes, That's your turkey. I said, Oh, I thought the one you're holding right there was my turkey. He goes, No, that's my turkey. Your turkey's over there flopping on the ground. <laughs> yours has been dead for a while
1: i went and killed one myself
0: (laughs) we had a a pretty good hunt monday it was yeah it was brief it was filled with its share of tension when the turkeys turned and walked away from us and fortunately cameron was able to call them back but i wasn't too worried about that cameron's had the hot hand so far and uh, how many turkeys have have you seen die so far this season counting these two
1: seven yeah seven of seven have hit the dirt i've called in all of them i let my brother shoot two and i've killed four now and then you got that one
0: yeah so i knew cameron was going to call that bird in he he just had the mojo or has the mojo right now so when a hitter has a hot bat you let him swing so i let the hitter Uh, swing a
1: bunch of luck so far (laughs) cornbread was the hot bat that day
0: hey it it (laughs) All of it working together was was the perfect package. And so Cameron and I are pretty jacked up about this affair because we go from there being very, very little hope of us getting one turkey because of the weather to all of a sudden we've just now we've got two turkeys. Oh, and by the way, it's the those are the first turkeys that either Cameron or I have killed when we've been hunting together, which is now about, I'd say, six seven times total
1: yeah we've come close a lot but that was finally it
0: yeah so we carry our birds back down to the truck and take a couple of pictures take a couple of selfies i try to get cornbread in the selfie with us he won't get in any of the pictures or do anything with us we stood there we talked for about three minutes and cornbread goes all right i'll see you guys later no i won't His no. job was done. He he got out of there. And so Cameron looks at him. He's like, "You're leaving?" And he said, "You just put us on the
1: hunt of a lifetime, and <laughs> you're just gonna leave us."
0: He said, "I've got to. Uh, my my daughter's got this thing for homeschooling that she's got to do, and I've got to leave." And Cameron's like, "Well, I mean, come on, let, let us buy you some dinner." You know, something. He's like, no, seriously, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. I'm just happy to help you all out. And it, it, it's it's fine. It's fine. I, you know, if I were in your shoes, I'd want somebody to help me. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm still taken aback at how generous this guy was to us. Two complete strangers. Oh, absolutely. Two complete strangers. For all he knows, we could be meth head murderers. He didn't know us from Adam's house cat, but he's that kind of person that he's just going to give you all he's got at everything he does. And Mm -hmm. I don't think there is a mean bone in his body. I don't think there's a I don't think the word jealousy exists in his vocabulary. I don't think that selfishness exists in his vocabulary.
1: Oh, yeah. He's a he's a giver. Like, I, I will never be able to do that, I don't think, with turkeys. I mean, if I have private land to hunt, I don't ever see myself taking two complete strangers out there and letting them kill them.
0: No, no, not at all. It,
1: uh, especially as a hunter. I mean, he he hunts. I mean, it, that, it's unbelievable to me how generous that guy was.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, maybe one day I'll grow up to be half the man that cornbread is when it comes to— <laughs> yeah turkey hunting and that kind of thing but you know i i just i mean uh, my hat's off to that guy even if we'd not gotten turkeys he went so far above and beyond i mean he just took it upon himself it's not like you and i asked him to do anything for us at all
1: oh he was on a personal vendetta that he was gonna get us two turkeys i mean he wasn't gonna be able to sleep that night i don't think if he didn't get us two turkeys i mean he just was he wanted it more than we did i think
0: Yeah, yeah. So Cornbread jumps in his car and he scoots on down the road. Cameron and I throw the turkeys in the back of the truck. We jump in the truck and we go back to our campground. We break down camp and we leave because sleeping in a warm bed at home, way better than sleeping on an air mattress in what's forecast to be Thirty or thirty-two degree temperatures.
1: Yeah, and leaving on a high note.
0: Yeah, but I bet you Tuesday morning those birds were hammering it in that cool air.
1: Well, after I know the, two of them that weren't. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you're, right. you're right. yeah,
1: I'm sure they were gobbling. But we well, couldn't have left on a higher note, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. So I was on my way home Monday afternoon, and my phone rings, and the caller ID says Cornbread. I'd been on the road maybe two and a half hours. It'd been maybe three and a half hours since I'd seen Cornbread. I answered the phone. I said, hey, Cornbread, how's it going, buddy? Oh, everything's good. I'm just checking. Did y'all decide to leave? I said, yep. I said, you know, sleeping at home in a warm bed and not having to worry about cold weather is one thing, but after you've been gone from work for a day and you're going to leave again on Thursday to take off work thursday and friday in the same week it do me a lot of good to be home so my wife can see my face again and it'll do me a lot of good to be at work in the morning after turkey hunting for a couple of hours and get a full solid day's work in so i loaded up and came on the house and cameron did too and he said all right well i was just checking on on y'all to make sure that you're okay and see if y'all were gonna stay and freeze or not and i said no i said i i said we're we're decided once we killed those birds we were not going to stay and freeze i said but let me tell you something before we get off the phone he said what i said i know you don't think anything about it because it's just the kind of person that you are i said but again i can't tell you how much that means that you took me and cameron under your wing and made it your personal goal for us to get turkeys in north carolina i said showing two complete strangers a place on a map and say, go hunt over here. There's turkeys over here. That's one thing. That's a huge help when (laughs) the strangers don't know where they, where they are. That's a huge help. I said, it's another thing to take somebody, physically take them there and show them that spot. I said, it's a completely different level to now all of a sudden take that person that you don't know to private land and say there are turkeys here, kill one, then I'm gonna top that. Now you're going to take these two complete strangers that you just met a day and a half ago onto your family land where you spotted two turkeys for them to shoot them. I said, Cornbread, there's not, I don't think anybody else on the face of the earth that would have done that. And his reply to me was this, and it's the same thing that I've, that we heard him say the first day. I'm a hunter and I know what it's like. I want to be successful when I go hunting. And for me to be able to help y'all was success that was successful for me and i mean I, it's it's just the way the guy is i just don't think he knows anything else other than to give you everything that he's got you know
1: he was a man
0: yeah, for sure. no doubt no doubt awesome guy and i i will definitely be staying in touch with him over the years you know that and i told him i said look i said i know that you know what Our goal is, and that's to kill a turkey in every state, and we kill a turkey in one state, and we're done with that state. We're moving on to the next state until we're done. I said, but part of this journey for me that I'm getting a lot of enjoyment out of, and it's not surprising, but it's meeting people like Cornbread Mm -hmm. along the way. People that I still talk to today, you know, it's been four or five years since I hunted in... Oklahoma or Kansas and I still talked to Yerick the outfitter from over there. We just we connected and you know I haven't seen him in four or five years, but that guy's like a brother to me. He took it upon himself. it was his personal mission to make sure we were successful on that hunt. And when somebody gives all they've got for me, you better believe they're in my family at that point in time and I said cornbread, your family. You know, if, if I can do anything for you, all you got to do is say the word and I'm there. You know, I, if you want to come to Alabama and shoot a deer or shoot a turkey or go fishing, whatever, whatever it is you want to do, all you have to do is call me. I'm there. And he just, again, he could just kept saying, you know, oh, it's no big deal. It ain't, it ain't nothing. It's no big deal. Uh, it is a big deal. Big deal to us. Yeah. Yep. So, Cameron, I want to say to you that I thoroughly enjoyed the trip again this year.
1: Oh, absolutely. And? Even uh, even when we weren't finding turkeys, we were having a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, we had a good time, that's for sure. So, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to put you back in the intern position. You found us spots to hunt last year in North Carolina. I put you on the mission. That was your job last year was to get on the phone, with park rangers and biologists and yep. everybody else in the area and find us specific areas that have a lot of turkeys in them. And you did a great job with that last year. You, whoever it was you talked to shot you yeah, straight. Yeah.
1: Park ranger there.
0: Yeah. yeah. He put he, us on birds. He put us on birds. We just couldn't, couldn't make it happen. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm going to put the burden on you again for a trip next year if you want to do it. We just need yeah, to decide what state. Yeah, we got to pick a state now. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, uh, I'm just we'll going to come up with one. I, I'm going to mention two offhand. All right. Arkansas and Louisiana. Those are going to be a tough states. <laughs> but I'm down. You pick the state. And I'm going to let you research, and I, I'm going to research as well, and we'll compare our notes. But yeah, and and we'll we'll go from there and and make a a the, compromise or make a decision about where we're going to actually hunt within that state. But you decide which state first, and then
1: right. those, those are going to be tough ones there.
0: There's going to be two tough states.
1: Yeah, I wonder if cornbread has any relatives in either state. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go find us another one of those kind of guys. If we get one of those, we'll kill turkeys. I don't that, think we'll find one, though.
0: <laughs> that guy right there is more than one in a million. He's one in probably ten million.
1: Yeah. The uh, best decision you made was putting our tents right in the middle of the logging road.
0: <laughs> Isn't it, though? Isn't it, it is. crazy how things work out?
1: not done that.
0: <laughs> I know. It, it's crazy how things work out. You know, we we may have killed two turkeys without cornbread we may not have killed two turkeys with cornbread but i will say that meat and cornbread was not bad not at all no no,
1: that was worth the trip in itself
0: and yeah yeah even even if we'd not killed any turkeys but yeah you're right putting those tents in the roadway was the best thing that we ever could have done (laughs) yeah
1: Now, I'll let you take all the credit there. You put it in the only roadway in the entire Nantahala National Forest, a million acres that that the logging crew needed to get down. I mean, that was some good planning.
0: The the logging crew that didn't cuss us. Yeah. Yeah, the nice That That's just the crazy. I would have been, I'm not going to say livid, because it's not like that person intentionally was blocking me from going in. I would have been
1: irritated, though.
0: Yeah, I would have been irritated. They were not in the... Not any of the three of them were irritated. They weren't
1: even phased.
0: No, no. They were, again, more interested in talking to us about hunting than they were going in there to -hmm. to work. Just, you know, genuinely good people. Yeah, they really were. And all three of those guys are family. They're all three related. So, uh, you know the fact that cornbread is the way he is tells you how the other two are. So, yeah, man, again, I enjoyed it. It was a great time. Absolutely. Even if we'd not killed birds, I still would have enjoyed it. It just means we'd had to spend a little bit more money for license fees.
1: Yeah. Well, we would have, we would have been back after him if we hadn't have. but now we got a new state to take on new adventures and new terrain.
0: New adventures and new terrain, new trees.
1: Yeah. It's going to be all different and new people hopefully we'll be back on here uh, about this time next year talking about how we doubled up in either arkansas or louisiana hopefully it doesn't involve an alligator taking a leg off
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i hope you're right (laughs) all right buddy well have a great night oh you know what before i cut you loose you sent me a picture via text message with a big announcement on it shortly after I saw you in Nashville at the NWTF convention.
1: Oh yeah. What was well, my,
0: What was that text?
1: My my turkey hunting days, I'm going to have to really swing hard now cuz I'm engaged. And I'll be getting married before next turkey season.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So, but she lets me hunt turkeys, so we're, we have a good understanding there, and she's never complained once about me going on these hiatuses to North Carolina or anywhere else.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, so. she, I, I think I've met her or been around her twice, and she's a sweetheart. She's a very pretty girl inside and out, and congratulations to both of you. And Yeah, I hope thank you. That, I hope that your marriage is a long one and is happy and healthy as the one that i have and wish you guys nothing but the best
1: well we appreciate it thank you so much i thought you might be talking about the first picture i sent you the opening day turkey but then i decided it was probably the engagement
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't want to hear any more of your success stories when it comes to turkey hunting
1: <laughs> you got to move out of alabama man <laughs> the turkeys are tough uh, down there well you
0: kill a lot more anywhere else. At the root of it, at the core, a turkey is a turkey, no matter what state. And at the core, the key to being successful when you're turkey hunting is finding turkeys and hunting properties that have turkeys. Because if they don't have turkeys, you're not going to kill. So, you know, I I can't get frustrated about the way my season is because it's not like I've screwed up a bunch of hunts. I haven't had any hunts, hardly. Yeah. But I'm glad that you're having a great season, and you've got one more to kill in Tennessee. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I can get one more. and I know the piece of property, and we'll try to get him on. And so I'll probably get after him later this week. Tomorrow's supposed to be about 25-mile-an-hour winds. They're just following me wherever I go. Yeah. So I might let him have it in the morning, but I might go back after them on Thursday.
0: Yeah, I was stoked about getting out there tomorrow morning, and then you told me about 25-mile-an-hour winds, so I looked up the forecast, and for Birmingham, they're calling 15 to 25-mile-per-hour winds. I'm like, crap, yep. why'd you even it's, tell me?
1: We can't get away from it, man. No. But, hey, you can kill in it. You just got to hunt.
0: Bingo. There you go. You got to right, hunt. Find the right bird in the right frame of mind and seal the deal. That's what we did Yep. on Monday, for sure. Yep. All right, buddy. All right. Thank you much for coming on and sharing sharing your thoughts and vision of the hunt. And have a great night. We'll talk again soon.
1: All right. See you later, buddy. All right, bud.
0: Bye. Bye. All right. After a great trip to North Carolina, it's amazing what killing a turkey can make you forget about, isn't it? I was back at home to hunt in the Birmingham area, much to my chagrin. (laughs) So on Tuesday, April the 17th, I went to the little piece of property that I own south of Birmingham where I heard one turkey gobble, of course, on the neighbor's property four times, and that was it. Now, there's a little hope there still because there are turkey tracks all over my place. So I've got to pick the right day to hunt there when I can camp out and wait on them to show up. The problem is with the J-O-B the way it is right now, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to do that during the week next week, which is Alabama's last full week of turkey season. On Wednesday, April the 18th, I went to a wildlife management area south of Birmingham that I've hunted many times before, where I heard nothing and saw nothing except one set of hen tracks. You see how exciting my alabama spring turkey season has been that was it more of the same which is a big bunch of nothing in my spots around home but there is promise still i am headed to mississippi for the weekend to try to mark mississippi off of my list so maybe i'll have some good stories from that trip for you guys next week now before i let you go for the week i'm gonna ask you to do me a favor if you don't mind if you would please retweet, share, and like this week's show on Facebook and Twitter. That really does help spread the word about the show, and I appreciate it very much. And that is all for this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. In my- Feel the moon Ain't just like a friend of mine to hit me from I'm in my mind. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five star review.